0: Welcome back to Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing. He's Jiu-Jitsu and that's badass word art. We're having technical difficulties with the speaker here. Um, But we do have Arif Hassan, Ryan, Miles, and myself. Arif, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. The Vikings play the Bucks this weekend. Great. (laughs) You guys are supposed to help me out when I'm dealing with all this stuff.
2: (laughs) Well, all you got to do is ask.
0: Yeah, my glasses are all
3: fogging up. Matt
2: ate some spicy food today, so he's struggling. Rough, he is struggling oh over
3: there. <laughs> I guess I can take over here. Ari, what are do. your thoughts about the Bucs? Huh? Are we going to win this game?
1: I, I think it's pretty likely. I don't know what the uh, what the line is, but I imagine Vikings are favorites. I mean, the Buccaneers just – I mean, they've got a fairly talented group of players on defense, but you can't trust that quarterback, right? Dude, you they know? got
3: Baker Mayfield.
1: Right, okay. Most of us can't trust that quarterback. <laughs> I think – I think, you know, the fact that he won a quarterback competition with Kyle Trask doesn't really tell us very much about, you know, the strength of the competition at hand. I think that um, we don't even, is Mike Evans going to play? I have no idea. Um, Even if he is, it feels like that receiving core is on the decline. Um, They have some young players that are like kind of interesting, but I don't know that they'll be ready to contribute in year one right away. I just feel like the Bucs are a team that's kind of, in the middle of a rebuild and and they haven't, you know, put together the final pieces of that rebuild and uh, the Vikings get to benefit from that.
3: You know, going into that roster, uh, the, the Bucks roster, you know, one of the worries that we had coming into the season, at least on this show was the the strength of our defensive line. And that offensive line for the Bucks is quite poor, at least um, everything outside of that right tackle. They will be until Sunday. So. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> right, so yeah. it's going to be a battle of like, who's worse, I
1: guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I suppose. I'm not like that out on the Vikings defensive line. It's just not a great one. Um, but I mean, Harrison Phillips is a very good player. Um, I'm high on Kairos Tonga. Uh, I just don't know like what you're going to get out of Dean Lowry, whether or not like last year was, you know, what what we can expect from him going forward or, or whether or not he's going to get closer to what he was able to do two years ago for the Packers, where he was a really effective player. So there's like some you know talent there along the defensive line. Um, I, I don't think Marcus Davenport is a bad player. We just don't know how good he'll be. Uh, and then, you know, you've got Daniel Hunter and I think that they'll be able to find ways to get pressure. Um, the Buccaneers just didn't have a plan for like Ryan Jensen, not being available, which it's kind of their fault in the first place that he's not available. Um, but yeah, they didn't really have a plan for that. And the guard situation overall is just not great for them. So generally speaking, I think that there's going to be some opportunity to create some pressure, um, Baker Mayfield is not wonderful under pressure. So I think that um, you'll be able to, to create some defensive opportunities. I just, I'm kind of high on the Vikings defense relative to everyone else. I don't think it's going to be um, you know, a great defense given the personnel, but I, I do think that there's going to be um a pretty good jump from where they were last year, just from the change in defense coordinator.
0: So a year ago we sat here, actually right before week one, we played the Packers. By the way, I had one quesadilla, and I am just that you're losing I'm it. Dripping. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah, <laughs> my glasses so are so disappointing. All fogged up and All right. Uh, we sat here a year ago and you you gave Ryan a bunch of shit because he said, you know, Brian Osamoa was going to, you know, do well and he did. Yeah, I mean, he played a couple of games, did all right. And I was like, why are we giving the Packers defense so much credit? And you're like, because they deserve it and then we went out and kicked the Packers ass.
1: Uh well for the rest of the year the Packers defense had some good individual players. <laughs> so I'll say that. Um I uh I the fact that they didn't change their defensive coordinator I think is an indictment of them. Um I think that that defense is regularly more talented than than it plays to, but they've lost a lot of talent, it's aged a little bit. I just don't know. You know, Quay Walker didn't play well last year. Devontae Wyatt virtually didn't play at all last year. Both of them figured to play um, really big roles on the defense this year. Uh, And they didn't get, you know, a repeat performance um, from their all-pro linebacker from last year. So, um, you know, there are ways for them to kind of lose their way. Preston Smith didn't play up to his potential. I don't think he ever will. Um, They didn't get anything out of Kingsley Anikbare, who was a rookie last year. Um, But Rashawn Gary is still a talented player. They still have Kenny Clark. Um, and Jerry Alexander is still fairly good. And you know, the next time the Vikings played the Packers, it didn't turn out as hot. That's fair, that's
0: fair. So, heading into this weekend, then we've kind of touched on the Mike Evans situation. Um, what do you expect from the Vikings this weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It's really difficult, obviously, to plan for week one opponents because they don't really have a whole lot on film, and I don't even know how much you can glean from. Uh, just preseason tape in general, though Luke did a whole Patreon video on it, and it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what what are your thoughts this week? And then you can toss it to one of us because I know you probably want to eat a little
1: bit. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I, I think I mean the Vikings are going to implement a more run-heavy game plan. I think um, for two reasons. One, um, I think that you know that line, so they've got Levante David obviously, but I just think that linebacker group is not as talented. Um, as that young secondary is. I think that that secondary is on the rise. I think the interior of that Buccaneers defense is um, on the decline. I still respect Vita Vea a lot, but I just think there are more opportunities in the run game than throwing against Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis and Antoine Winfield, who uh, was on the injury report, but it looks like he was like a full participant, so he should be fine. Um, I saw he was
0: questionable. Is he full today?
1: I think he was full participant. I don't know if he's questionable for the game, but yeah. in terms of practice, it seemed like he was uh, there. Uh, and just generally speaking, I think that that buck secondary is underrated. I think that linebacker group is overrated. Uh, and just generally, I think that there's going to be some opportunities in the run game. Um, obviously, passing is just generally more efficient than running. But I think that the Vikings were really, you know, emphatic about ways that they were going to approach the run game in the offseason this year. I think that that uh, is like a genuine, you know, move from them to, to try and bring in more heavy sets to try and run block a lot better. Uh, And I think we're gonna see that a little bit more. I still think they're gonna like obviously gonna pass more than they run, but I still think we're going to see a little bit more emphasis on that run game, see what those running backs can do. We'll probably see some week one stuff from Miles Gaskin. We'll probably see some Ty Chandler participation. But I think that a lot of it's gonna be built off that run game. They want to implement play action a lot more than they did last year. And I think for them, having good run blocking is a good part of being comfortable calling for play action plays, whether or not that that's You know, statistically true or not, I think that that's a big part of the way that they approached it last year. They couldn't run well last year, so they didn't do as much play action. Also, they were in a bunch of close games, so play action is just a little bit more difficult. Um, But, yeah, I, I think that we're going to see them target those linebackers just a little bit more in a bunch of different ways.
2: Arif, talk to me about why the Vikings kept four tight ends and a fullback. I know you just talked about how they expect to run the ball more, but their interior offensive line is trash. Like <laughs> it's off. Ob- they didn't bring anybody in to like push any of the guard starters, and Austin Sloatman is Austin Sloatman. He's right. Miles is
3: big mad about this. By the I, way. It's it's Sounds not even like it. it's
2: not a Nick Muse thing for me. Like like if they'd cut Nick Muse, I wouldn't have been like upset. But like I get why. Like he made the team. Like he earned he earned a fifty three man roster spot. So I don't want to take that away from him. But like from a roster building standpoint, how does he have more of an importance than some other positions that they obviously decided not to revamp?
1: I think part of it is trying to figure out who's going to slip past waivers. I'm not saying Nick Muse like wouldn't have slipped past waivers. Maybe you would have maybe you wouldn't. Have. I mean, if
2: Ben Sims, I thought if Ben Sims was right. going to get
1: picked up, like there's no way Nick Muse wasn't right. So like that, that seems like a, a good instinct from the Vikings. Um, ben Sims was the only Viking that was picked up off of waivers. So everybody else that they wanted to bring onto the practice squad, they were able to. So that's part of it, right? It's like, I would have thought that Joe Williams would have made the roster. He didn't, but he's on the practice squad. Right. And so they made like a, you know, a correct risk assessment there. Um, That's part of it. I think another part of it is that um, they are really committed to this idea of 12 personnel. And if you're using your tight ends, just a lot more, um, you're going to need to have more on the roster to be able to kind of fill those roles. When somebody gets injured in a game, when, you know, you've you've got to do load management during practices or during the game. Uh, And I think that they want to, you know have an offense it's going to be ready to go no matter kind of who who goes down who's up uh, and so I think that's part of it is that I think it's very rare to see a team try to run a lot of 12 personnel with only three tight ends on the roster the Vikings tried to do it a, a number of years ago I think remember like John Carlson was on the roster
2: I'll just say 2020 they did it a lot when Gary Kubiak was the OC I mean
1: oh yeah I mean they that- only had
2: three tight ends then too so that's why I think I use that how, like part of it
1: was how bad Chris Herndon was too. Hundred percent. I, I think they intended to have four. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Like, well, because I remember I like looked up a few of the data Herndon. points of, of when the uh the Vikings ran the outside zone scheme with a Gary Kubiak and I looked at what the tight ends they kept and I was like three. I just don't see this offense keeping three and a full four and a fullback, but I was wrong. And so but I, yeah, again, not the end of the world. It's just it's something where you know. I don't like to say it's only the offensive line that they could have filled. Obviously, cornerback is another position they could have filled filled it with with one of those spots. But it just felt like not a waste of resource because I think again, I think Nick Muse made the roster, but more of how do you how do you best like fulfill your like fill out your roster, I
3: suppose, efficiently. And I initially thought that maybe they did it because Hawkins' deal wasn't done, and maybe we weren't. You mean to say he
2: wasn't sick? Or he
3: didn't have a back sure, injury, yes, or because of the back, horrible back <laughs> injury, yeah, yeah. Uh, and but so once we once we did get him signed, I thought potentially we'd make a roster move, but uh, we kept him. So and reef, that sound or that sound like theory there around uh, the twelve personnel and, and having the four back there just in case you know you just have to fill out the roster that way if you're going to run a lot of that personnel.
1: Yeah, I I I think that they had always kind of intended to to sign Nick, uh, T J. Hawkinson. I don't think that that was going to be. A huge risk for them obviously it felt like the tension ramped up near the end um but to me it it felt like that they always had valued him and that they were always going to figure out a way to sign him so um i don't know hedging is kind of something that teams always do in that situation so i'm not going to say that that's like an incorrect instinct i think that makes a lot of sense but i do think that they figured that they were going to be able to to keep tj hawkinson so So you're
3: saying i'm somewhat smart with my theory yeah sure Um, To answer Aaron's question,
2: though, uh, the the Vikings run blocking
1: last year was awful.
2: Um, And so I think that's a that's a big reason they kind of wanted to reset that with a Josh Oliver. Yeah. Bringing bringing back a Nick Muse and and keeping CJ Ham is a sense that their run blocking was so poor and they didn't really upgrade at the running back position. Now, I'm not saying I think Dalvin Cook is what Dalvin Cook was a couple of years ago, but I don't think Alexander Madison's this high ceiling type of running back, but he he should fit this scheme a little bit better than what cook did because there's a little bit more true gap true um like power and i think he could fit that a little bit better than when dalvin cook's more of a one cut type runner so we'll see if that if that really is more effective
1: yeah i I think that that's part of it right is that you know they needed to move on from dalvin cook they weren't going to upgrade at running back in order to do so Uh, and so the best way to do that is to improve the run blocking but i think like a couple of things stopped them. I think that they were really attached to this idea of building, you know, chemistry along the offensive line, which I understand, but I think it's easy to overemphasize the importance of that. Uh, And then they also didn't want to move on from Ed Ingram. I think they like Ezra Cleveland, and I think Eric Bradbury played well enough last year to kind of justify another year. And so I think from their perspective, they thought it, it wouldn't have made sense to try and, you know, push that interior line. I disagree, but I think that that's kind of where their perspective is. I don't think the way to improve run blocking is necessarily to just add more better blockers onto the field because run blocking is a very, I mean, all blocking is like a very point of failure type thing. If you add another blocker, they'll bring another, another defender in the box. That creates another point of failure where a defender it might you know is more likely to, to push up at the line of scrimmage and there's just more spots where a defender has the ability to get past the blocker. And so, you know, having, you know, let, let's use Vita Vea as an example. Having Josh Oliver does not make Vita Veya less effective when he's going up against Garrett Bradbury and Ezra Cleveland, right? So I don't know that that's the right approach, but I understand where they're coming from. They want to improve the overall state of the run blocking, but that's just not really how all of that works together.
2: Yeah, but if they want to tie in more of the play action, Yes. which is the one thing they didn't do last year, and I think that hurt yeah. their run game because once teams halfway through the season see that you're handing the ball off with an immobile quarterback, we're just going to sell out for that because we don't have to worry about the fake. And I know I know, there's some fallacy to that, but overall they didn't run play action the way they used to, and I think teams really kind of geared on that and, and picked up on that pretty quickly, and it kind of impacted, it had, an, had an impact on their, on their run game.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I think that that's why they want to emphasize the run game. I don't think it's so much this inherent value that they see in running the ball. I mean, yes, all, I agree. All coaches do to some degree think that there's value in running the ball well, but I think the primary idea was to create better, you know, play action opportunities. And I think they genuinely believe that Josh Oliver. All right. Yeah. Oh, hey. There we go. Um, he use a he was a third tight end there. He was not used all that often in passing situations. Baltimore also doesn't like pass the ball all that often, so it's not as if you know he was going to have a lot of receiving. But he was a receiving guy in uh, in college, right? You know, Wes Phillips mentioned that they scouted him as a receiving tight end that needed work on his blocking, and you know he's not alone in that. I think you know I've got you know all the all the databases of all these draft analysts. Uh, and what they thought about a lot of these guys over the years and, and Josh Oliver very much was seen as a receiving only tight end. And so I think that there's a reason to believe that this guy has receiving chops as receiving upside and a tight end like that is really useful in play action because you can run all of these tight end leaks, especially at the goal line where it's basically a cheat code way better than a fade. Uh, you know, I, I think, way better than a fade, way better than a fade. Um, I mean, like there's like one year where like half the touchdowns scored to tight ends in the red zone were tight end leaks it was crazy um but you know that's really effective i mean when we see you know kyle shanahan do all this crazy stuff with george kittle a lot of it's off of play action a lot of it's you know a tight end leaking out maybe turning that into a wheel wrap down the field and those are opportunities you get when you have somebody who's as effective at blocking as josh oliver is as effective at blocking as you kind of hope tj hawkinson will be right i mean in kind of a reverse situation hawkinson was a really great blocker at iowa He's turned into a receiving tight end in the NFL, but I think he's a little bit more multi-capable. I think that, you know, for example, the Vikings are going to honor Kyle Rudolph in week three. If I was going to put up the receiving and and blocking chops, I think Hawkinson wins both categories, right? I think that he's just a better all-around tight end. So you've got both of those tight ends on the field. And yeah, that improves play action. It improves run blocking. But I think the thing that it really improves is, you know, Cousins' ability to change the play at the line of the and line of scrimmage based on what he sees. If they crowd the box and you've got a run play called, you might want to turn that into a play action. You might kill the play, say, hey, actually, I want this to be a play action. And now you've got something because the, all the tight ends that you have on the field are really capable at pass catching, which you can't really do that if it's just like a blocking. Field. Like If it's Matt Spath out there, I'll love to go for Matt Spath. But if it's Matt Spath out there, that play action is just going to be a lot less effective. He's not like a receiving tight end in the same way. Right. If it's Red Ellison, it's like, OK, I mean, he that's can catch the ball. Right. But that's like not the idea. But if it's Josh Oliver, and if he's as good at receiving as they think he is, they can change the play at the line of scrimmage. Or if it's just like, hey, I hate this look entirely, we're going to change the play entirely. You can split somebody like Oliver or Hawkinson out, and now you've got like an effective like wide alignment, and now you've got this third linebacker whose only job it is to blitz or stop the run. Now isolated in man coverage against a uh, you know a tight end like Hawkinson. So there's a lot of things you could do at the line of scrimmage that you get with more tight ends on the field. You don't really get when it's like a fullback out there or an extra offensive lineman or something like that.
0: Can I ask you a quick question? Do you actually think TJ Hawkinson's like a good blocker? Because I feel like what I've kind of heard from like general consensus is that like great receiving tight end, below average blocking tight end. But I think, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that we're on the same page where like we think TJ Hawkinson is better than people think he is at blocking.
3: He's fine. I, I think he's good, but yeah, I also did not do, do like a deep dive into the analytics, like Arif probably has.
2: I mean, there's they clearly brought in Josh Elver for
0: a reason. But that don't. But think is that more a, on no, T.J. Hawkinson or that's, the that's fact it. that they want to just run the ball? That's what I'm trying to say, Matt. You, well, like, speak quicker. the man <laughs> speak. I haven't spoke <laughs> since the audio malfunction at minute one. You're we
2: in timeout. Um,
0: I just started to stop like sweating, so if you could just leave me be. Well, no,
2: I, I'm a quesadilla, right? Right. Yeah.
0: God, I don't know what the hell you have there, but I, it had I'd be pepper jack cheese in it, so
2: you know. <laughs> um, uh, no, so poor well, it, it's not. It's not that I thought. I think TJ Hawkinson is a bad blocker. He's a he's effective, but I think Therese's point with Josh Oliver, they want to allow uh, Hawkinson to be a mismatch out wide, split him, move him around the formation. Let him be that multiple tight end rather than a, in, in, a true inline wide tight end. They, they can let him kind of be that move tight end, and I think that fits better what his skill set is because he's obviously a better receiver than he's a blocker, and I'll take that over. Give me a, a receiver over a blocker any day. So When you're paying him $17 million. Well, yeah, when you're paying him $17 million. <laughs> well, yeah, him $7 million and, well, and I, I think this, is, this, this might be the best weapons at the receiver position, like tight end included, they've had in – I don't honestly don't even know how long on paper. Some, 3D. on paper.
1: Since on paper since three D probably three. Ah, that's all. That's I'm a lot, not. Man. I'm not
2: going that far. That's <laughs> that's a lot. I, I, like what? 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 Two thousand nine maybe. Like Barry and Harvin, Rice and Shenko, maybe.
0: Don't forget Bobby Wade. I, I oh, no, he,
1: he was gone. He was gone. He yeah. was I wouldn't put Barry. Well, no, but Barry was a I, good I, was, I, t- was a
2: good third receiver though.
1: I, I I would take that receiving group over this one. Oh, even though you know Justin Jefferson like clears right. Wait, like, what? What did you just say? Oh there's, God!
0: There's
3: no oh,
1: way you no, could be Arif. saying that to uh, yeah.
0: Did you? You just said you'd take. I, I'm just Sidney Rice.
1: I'm going to sit back. So hold on, hold on, hold on. So you've got Jordan Addison and Percy Harvin, right? We know what Percy Harvin's rookie year was like. Sure. Would you take a Jordan Addison that you have no idea who they are? Yes. Over Percy? Yes. That,
3: oh that's no, I can't. Crazy do that. to me. I don't think
1: that, that's but I, but I do think Jefferson like.
3: Greatly ascends what Sidney Rice gave you.
1: Like yeah, yeah. Jefferson's it. a lot better than, Sidney, but I think people underestimate how crazy good Sidney Rice was that year.
2: Yeah, he also had a better quarterback, even though I hate Brett Far. So,
1: <laughs> so I think, so to me, the difference between a Harvin and an unknown rookie makes up for the difference between Jefferson and Rice.
0: Why didn't we compare Osborne to Harvin?
1: Because he's, he's just not going to see as many joke. targets. Well,
2: Osborne's like the Bernard Barian, but he doesn't play that type of position. But it's, it's like just a joke,
1: first... you guys. Just no, chill. Well, dude, you got to go back to town. And
3: Hawkinson's much better than Schenko, in my opinion. But, uh,
1: but yes. does he have a bit? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm oh, glad you. Cu- I'm my, glad you cut my out there. Mic? Glad cut you out. Cut right. out that there. was
1: amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, my point is more just that, like the the depth that you have there is really astounding. You're not getting, you know, obviously Jefferson clears everybody. You're not getting that, but Rice was so astounding that I think the difference there is not as big that the Berrien versus Osborne comparison, um, you know, helps you that the Harvin versus Addison comparison helps you. So I think that that's just and there's just like more stuff you can do on the field because you can threaten like not just all three levels, but you've got like essentially a perfect horizontal receiver in Harvin. Right, because you can you can put them anywhere. You can have them run jet sweeps and stuff like that in ways that allow you to be a little bit more effective. Either way, I think that this is obviously a really great receiving group in terms of receiving weapons. Um, you you always want to kind of see like what was the best group that Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs worked with to see you know where that comparison works. Um,
2: Twenty seventeen was the only like the Jerry's right Stephon Diggs Adam Thielen that's a good group and then Kyle Rudolph. That's like the closest thing I can get to.
1: I mean, I might take that group too.
2: That's well, over, I, I'll give yes. you
1: so Over this year, I'll
2: give I'll give you I, that I'll give yeah. you that because Adam Thielen was obviously a second team All Pro. Stephon Diggs is literally an, was an elite player. So you had two that's high elite yeah. players, and the Vikings technically only have one right now. So that's totally fair.
1: And, and Jarius Wright was really good.
2: Well, spe- well especially <laughs> as a third down, like yeah,
0: move if, the chain If type. the audio was working here right now, and my wife could hear you praising Jarius Wright, she'd be screaming. It okay. was her favorite player back in the day he
1: ruled. He was awesome. They they really screwed that situation up because they gave him a contract and like seemingly immediately regretted it and tried to move on from him and then they well, the story? find a third receiver for years after that.
0: The story was that he wouldn't play special teams and Zimmer yeah, awesome. Zimmer wanted to play special teams. Yes. Great. Which, you know, sorry Zimmer, but
2: when he couldn't they couldn't cut him the first couple of years of that contract. So yeah. It was like, well shit.
0: <laughs> that's an interesting like Yeah. That, that's that's that could take its own show like it could previous wide receiver groups compared to this year. Well, and don't for, steal it for locked well, on for the,
2: for the, for the <laughs> like longest you're time. Have this
0: conversation. You got to come back well,
2: for the longest time. The Vikings that are really, really
1: shitty, like receiving group.
2: Yeah. Well, so before, th- before
1: like Thielen started and yeah. I think Diggs also started the same year 2015, right? Cause he was like Cordero Patterson and Charles Johnson. And then Greg Jennings. Yeah. Greg Jennings. Devin
0: Aroma should do
2: Mike
1: Jenkins. Mike Jenkins. Oh, I Great like brought Mike him in. Yeah. 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 Um, that
2: 2012 magical season.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I
2: forget who like
1: kept going through them.
0: I forget who it was, but someone was like, "Yeah, the 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 Vikings just always have good receivers." And I was like,
3: "Yes, now except
0: they do. if you exclude like 2010 to 2014,
3: yeah.
2: yeah, and the 04 through 04 04 to 09, basically, yeah, yeah." Interesting. Well, um, wait, let's segue real quick to uh, the con- a contract. We we talked about T.J. Hawkinson's contract. We, you mentioned Jerry's right. Obviously that's old this show is
0: all over the board. We're all over it. the board, Who but that's cares?
2: fine. Let's let's jump back into contracts. The title is so, a bucks per We year. saw Nick Bosa just get paid $34 million a year. What was it, five years, 170 with 122 and a half guaranteed? Um, no we worries. obviously know that Justin Jefferson has a timeline, a deadline for a contract extension probably by Saturday. What do we where do we feel with this contract by Bosa where where JJ fits into that? Do we think he clears? Do we think he's like right there? Or is he below that?
1: I think he's above that. Yeah. I mean, the so not that like quasi acts like a huge analytics guy in every capacity, but he's an analytics guy. And I think he understands that like wide receivers are, are as if not more important than edge rushers, right? Like, I think that historically you take a look at like the different positions, how they play, and a wide receiver like Justin Jefferson has the value that, um, you know, Jared Goff or whoever he matches, right? I mean, like the the contract that you get out of Nick Bosa's is basically the contract that you get out of a mid-tier quarterback. And I think that Justin Jefferson is probably worth more than that. Again, when you're evaluating contracts by like average per year, it always gets a little bit tough. You know, the guaranteed might look a little bit different. Um, the front end might look a little bit different, the signing bonus might. But I do think that that Jefferson uh is going to end up with a little bit of a better contract than Bosa.
0: Well, so if they go that route, how I see that. Keep going.
2: If they go that route, how do they fit that new contract into this year's cap? Because they have
1: that's not a huge problem, isn't
2: it? No, without so having they, to restructure like yeah, a Brian so they, O'Neill. So
1: they've got like four million or something like that in this year's cap, right? Right,
2: yeah, like three and a half, four, right yeah. there.
1: Um, when extensions happen for players like this, it it often reduces their cap hit. But he
2: doesn't have a cap hit to reduce. It's like four million right now.
1: Well, so. You take all it is because his minimum base salary could be something like one, yeah, yeah. And so if you, you turn his signing bonus into something like so, he's completely five, back,
2: back loaded essentially, can,
1: right? Okay. I, I, don't, I don't think it's like a huge problem. You can just sure. push it into next year or two years from now, when especially there's a if you more don't space. have a, a quarterback, right? Yeah, yeah, so that's not a huge issue for me. I okay. think they can figure it out. Um, what's really interesting is like when, when the Raiders have to like i don't know if you saw like jimmy garoppolo had to restructure to cleared up like 17 million in space
2: good for him because that secures him a second year in that
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well with how good aiden o'connell's look man like yeah you might need that goodness but yeah uh the the deal with chandler jones is like bizarre at least the vikings are not dealing with that
2: yeah that's a weird one that kind of felt like everson griffin
1: and i don't want to mean
2: anything negative toward everson we know the stuff he's been been through but
1: it felt it, weird. There's like there's, that. there's reasons to be concerned, especially because Chandler Jones actually does have a history. Oh, does he? Uh, yes. I guess I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. it was one of the things that happened while he was in New England. Um, that I don't know if that like led to him leaving or anything like that. But um, you know, he showed up at a police station altered. Right? It, it's a it's a huge problem, uh, and so you can begin to kind of trace some of the some of the similarities between the two. And I think okay. that gives you reason to be concerned. Um, also like that the entire family the jones family there's just a lot of like concern Sorry. overall with all of them so um that doesn't like i think that that comparison kind of makes sense
2: okay
0: this has just been a disaster from from Amazing. this perspective
2: i'm
1: glad i showed up <laughs>
2: <laughs> well should we let a reef eat and we can kind of should we talk yeah, a little I mean, bit of viking's box
0: yeah let's do it let's do it so i did take some notes which is very rare for me to do pre-show i just I didn't like,
2: share the notes with anybody, though.
0: Oh, I'm not even in the camera. Uh, no, <laughs> Matt's here. Sorry, um, this is not working over here. Okay. Amateur uh, hour. Jeez. So, yeah, the, some of the notes I had is Mike Evans playing. We kind of alluded to that earlier. It looked like it looked like I saw that he did have some pads on. Yeah, he was he was out on the field it, today. It's
3: been a contract situation, right? Like that's what Isn't
0: is. it kind of sure strange I'm sure
2: that plays a part in it? Um, but Mike Evans doesn't seem like a type where he wouldn't play because of a contract. I, I'm, I'm not saying he, but he just, he just seems like that kind of guy that like, yeah, he wants to get paid, but I think he's going to, uh, he's going to play because he, that's just the type of person he is, but I could be wrong. I don't, I, don't, I feel like, like if he doesn't good for him because that dude's done so much for that organization as it is.
0: I feel like Mike Evans is, is like the modern day. And this is not like talent wise, but just like receiver in a shitty situation, like Larry Fitzgerald. Like you want a super bowl, bro. I know. And Larry Fitzgerald almost won a Super Bowl, but then just continued to stay with the Cardinals. Never left. Still got paid from the Cardinals. There was even that podcast recently with Tom Brady and Andy Reid and Larry Fitzgerald, where they were like, "We tried to get him to come, and he always told us no." Did he ever
2: officially retire?
0: Yeah, he did. I I say that, and I have no idea, but <laughs> yeah, he did. He said that with so much confidence, too. By,
3: by yeah. the By the way, Field uh, is it? Yeah, Field Yates is like definitely like dogging on, a, on, our, our live show, on our secondary.
0: Yeah. Well, it's Def- been a disaster this far.
3: Well, your live show. Yes. But no, the, the secondary here. <laughs> yeah. Field uh, Yates is talking about it. Yeah, yeah. he,
2: yeah. He's,
3: he's <laughs> saying, he's saying that, you know, the people are worried about Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin this year, rightfully so a new quarterback, even though I think there's going to be a resurgence here for big, you want to see the commentary It's, reef, it's definitely going to be, but, um, but when we look at it, he said they have a great draw week one. So, which is absolutely true.
0: Um, there's a, there's a couple things I had on my notes here. Uh,
2: we have no napkins. Do you need some? Use use matched pants. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Use the pants, not the Jersey. (laughs) Jesus. Um, Kirk is, what else you got, Matt? Uh, players to watch for question mark.
2: Can you elaborate? Like, like just anywhere? Like
3: on the Vikings.
0: So I think the most. Like the easiest one is 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 the Vikings corners versus the Bucks receivers and Chris yeah. Godwin and Mike Evans. But I want to dig a little deeper beyond that. I don't want to talk about like the obvious one. What is a a group or player that you're watching against this Buccaneers team?
3: You know, honestly, I think this Buccaneers team, uh, the offense the coordinator themselves, right? Uh, the guy from Seattle, I forget his or yeah, uh, from Seattle, forget his name. But he is uh, he's a uh, he's going to be more on that play action and heavy run game situation here that they Seattle's traditionally run. So I, Rashad White uh, versus our linebackers is going to say that. it's a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting matchup here. And I, I actually was really high on Rashad White coming into the season just because of that uh, offensive play caller. And uh, the hard part, though, is the offensive lines garbage. So we'll kind of see how that operates. But, you know, Watching Rashad White against these linebackers, whether it's going to be you know Hicks, Asamoah, and or Pace, um, should be an interesting test for for that group.
0: I actually thought the linebackers would be the the key point, and I wasn't even thinking the run game, but more so that like I think the Vikings are going to get to Baker on Sunday. I I don't have any questions about that, and in Baker we'll start to check down, which will mean and I learned this from Luke's Patreon actually, um, but Do the you line pay for that, dude. I... <laughs> I went to high school with the kid. I pay more just for a aresta. I'm just, I'm just
1: playing. I'm just playing, dude. I love Luke. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the the, Sorry, the the immediate pivot to no no, no but I pay more for areesta. Is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> the, the
3: the
0: the thing is is like Let's see what he says when you're not here. <laughs> and Luke, if you're listening, which you're probably not, but we could clip it later and just Luke tag you in us. it. Good. He hates you probably. Um. Means you know you're doing something right luke you should just you should stop giving away your content for free after seven days you should just have people pay for it and then just release other stuff okay, later
2: back back to the game anyway um why my, that? mine was a Caleb yeah, Evans ahead. just because I think coming off the, the concussions last year he's a first time full time starter he's obviously like an outside corner only and so I, I feel like that Mike Evans matchup is going to be a tough one for him and so That's for you I will be. I will be curious to kind of see how he how he plays against the Mike Evans, who I'm sure they'll throw the ball up to and test him early on in the game, just to just to kind of see where he's at. And so I'm I'm excited to see how he how he performs. But if the, if those corner if that cornerback group can't kind of give get it figured out early, it might be in for. I'm not saying Baker's going to put him put him in for a long day, but they, he, it might it just might just make it a tougher tougher game than you'd like it to.
3: You guys are sleeping. I, I'm telling you, you're sleeping on Baker.
0: Dude, even Josh Metellus, when we had him on our
3: show the other <laughs> week, was like,
0: "You
2: have oh.
3: that
0: guy on your fantasy team?"
3: Oh, <laughs> oh, oh weird, oh, weird. Josh Metellus is like talking down about a friend of the show he's about the friend of the show, way. that's yeah.
1: actually, that's actually pretty Josh. rare for up- upcoming opponents. Yeah. It's yeah. actually, it's actually really interesting. That he literally said,
0: "Oh, so you don't want to win your fantasy?" Yeah, league?
1: he did say that. He's it not my, fan- he's not like my starter. Yeah, but he's on your fantasy team, right? A
3: dynasty team that I started three years ago. Traded everything for you, Baker.
1: You could have cut ties two years ago, is what you're saying. We brought up Baker Mayfield and he <laughs>
0: laughed. He, he outwardly
3: Actually, laughed. He, he,
1: now he is in my super. Now it, this w- week it would
3: be embarrassing if
2: Tyler, the Vikings right? got
1: got it's like incredible. mollywopped by yeah. that offense. Yeah, and that then would, you guys are gonna all have Josh Burdellis on the field as a third <laughs>
3: safety. Who do you, you root savior? for? I mean, I root for the Vikings, but. But I'm gonna cheer Oklahoma. for Baker. Yeah. I'm gonna cheer for Baker, obviously.
0: Oh my <laughs> like I, I
3: want us to win, but I also want him to throw four touchdowns. All
0: right. Okay. Arif, will you answer this question
1: about the safeties? Yeah. Um. I don't like. I don't know if it's like safeties versus. I don't know if it's like a matchup kind of thing. But yeah, I think the safeties are going to be
0: players to watch for. Yeah. I, I think six that, of the safeties.
1: I don't know that all six are worth watching, but um, I guess we'll see if Theo Jackson sees the field, but um yeah, I think that the way that they're deployed is going to be really fascinating because it's not just that the Vikings, you know, have a dime defense, right, that Josh Metellus is going to, you know, see the field here? with the linebacker out of here. It's a long story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, I mentioned in the to, – to, so someone asked odds that reef get his car back before Sunday's game. Zero based off of what I know. Um, but, like, in our in our group chat where we're talking about, like, organizing this podcast, I was like – yeah, I'll make it if I can get my rental car in time, which I did, by the way.
0: He hitchhiked here. That's I what, didn't that's know what it was happened. a rental car.
1: Did I not say rental?
0: You just said car.
1: Oh, okay. Well, it's not the car I own. Okay. <laughs> very long story. It's played out over two and a half episodes of Norse Code. It's, it's very... And now it's, a, it's
0: made its way to it's a, climb in the a pocket. Lot,
1: a lot lot going on with my car. But uh, it's not just the dime defense. It's going to put, like, Josh Metellus on the field, right? You're going to take a linebacker off in theory, Jordan Hicks, but I imagine it'll actually be, you know, Osmo or Pace or whoever. And I think Hicks will probably be on the field just because of the size thing. Um, but I think that you, you, you'll you have that. But I think you'll also have kind of that big nickel package, right, where you you take uh, – you only have two corners on the field. you got three safeties and two linebackers – or two inside linebackers. Uh, and that allows you different types of matchup opportunities because more teams are running out of 11 personnel – sorry. More teams are running out of 11 personnel – uh, and so you have to be aware that that's going to be a thing. Um, Tampa likes to have, you know, three receivers on the field more often than not, especially because the tight end quality has just never been all that great. Um, rips to OJ Howard. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. I, 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 I was all in on it, man. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you'll see, you know, three safeties, two corners on the field a fair amount because it allows them you know, some matchups against some receivers, but primarily allows them to defend the run while still having like wider coverage range and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be fascinating. I don't know that we'll see Lewis see the field um, or like Theo Jackson, Jay Ward may see the field, you know, it'll be kind of interesting to see how often he plays versus Makai Blackman or whoever, right. Because Ward plays nickel and safety. Sometimes he's in the box. Um, And I think that they're not going to say enamored, but they're excited about some of these like diverse, versatile, Defensive yeah. options.
0: What are you... Hold on one second, Miles. Uh, it's We're like halfway through the show, so we need to do the, the, uh, the plugs here. So we're live at Lake Monster in St. Paul. Uh, we've had some audio issues earlier on, but uh, we're good now. So uh, if you're in the Twin Cities, make sure you stop by Lake Monster Brewing. Uh, we got a 12-pack up here, which, by the way, if you buy this 12-pack at the very bottom of it, I'm not going to take it off. It is full. It could fall on Miles or a wreath. But there is a free beer underneath it. And uh, we're also doing a giveaway in this neat little envelope here. Uh, There is a, I have it, Crowler three-pack ready to give away to one lucky fan who's listening. So make sure you like, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, and we'll be giving that away soon, along with the hat. The hat is still up for for a giveaway. It just needs to hit 3,100 followers, and we'll send that thing away. But uh miles go ahead i was gonna so on score north yesterday with uh, on draft purple daily on drafts i'm on
2: with uh tyler and, and declan do you, we we talked about lewis scene when you kind of did prop bets on does he see the field it, i think what we did five and a half snaps was the over under and for i week said one for week one i said under um on defense on, yeah snaps on defense not, oh, okay, not special okay, teams, okay, defense okay. and i said under just because of what we've seen and what we know is like Where does he peg in? Why would they give him snaps? And who's who is he taking snaps from right now? Did anyone take the over? Yeah, Tyler did. Um, and not not that I like like Forno did. Yeah,
1: he's usually pretty smart. That's
2: weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I I was just curious, like, what you guys thought of that? Just more in the sense that, like, I just don't know as of week one where he
3: slots in. I mean, we we have we have our three starters, right? Like, we have our three starters, and then as Arif said, they love Jay Ward's versatility.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see like like Miles said I don't see how he would get to like unless an injury occurred right, but I don't see like how he would get deployed like what situation where they think it's better to have Lewis seen on the field than this guy who's our 11th guy on uh, on that unit right like you could say let's take you know Jordan Hicks off the field because we need better coverage well both J Ward and Josh Metellus serve that purpose well if you want to go in dime defense you're most likely going to have three safeties three corners I don't see a, a scenario where they're like, we'd rather have Lewisine on the field than Makai Blackman, right? So, you know, maybe like a Hail Mary type situation, which, again, I don't know that that's the best, but, like, that's not five and a half snaps. If there's five and a half Hail Marys or six Hail Marys, like, what are you doing? Right. I, right.
0: Don't, I don't think he sees the field.
1: On defense, yeah, I have a high time. I think an it over under of 0. 0.5 snaps makes way more sense, yeah, Ooh. especially uh,
0: because he just got hurt like a couple weeks ago. And I don't know if they want, like, I don't know where he stands today with that injury, but I don't know if they would put him out week one. Well,
2: and even before the injury, he was definitely slotted behind the top three, yeah. And yep. then Theo Jackson made the team played better, not just because of, I don't know if special Theo teams. Jackson played better. I don't know, no, no, no I'm, I'm but I'm saying it wasn't like, wasn't it was special teams, obviously, but like. If Lewis was had stepped up, I, you don't have to keep a Lewis a Theo Jackson. You I, like yeah, that, no, I, that's I nothing that, against Theo Jackson. No, case. I
1: think that's 100% fair. Jackson had a, a great camp, yeah. but none of that matters if Louisine is where they expected him to be right. or right. at a spot where he's showing like genuine, consistent, and reliable talent. So I, I, I think that that plays a role.
3: I do have a question, and anyone can take this. I, I'm i basically aiming at a URE, but... Where What position is seen slated for? Like, who's Josh Metellus' backup in that kind of star position? should be Jay Ward, in my opinion.
1: I mean, it, it, it would make the most sense as Jay Ward just because you, you think, like, hey, you know, Metellus can cover in man coverage, Jay Ward can cover in man coverage, and they can slot into uh, the box in, in areas where they have to cover run gaps. But, I mean, they play pretty differently. I, I think it's probably Jay Ward, but I, I just I don't like it as a one-for-one. They play pretty differently. I think Ward gets blown up by a guard, whereas Josh Metellus might be able to hold his own. Like There's like a difference there, so I don't know. But um, I think that primarily um, you'll have Jay Ward play in those situations much more often than Metellus because you can call a variety of coverages that you normally don't get to call with three safeties. I actually – I'm going to plug myself. I actually wrote about all of the different ways that, that Big Nickel works that's different than, you know, I guess, standard nickel over at my sub stack, the wide left sub stack, wide left post at sub stack.com. will um, be
0: in the description below.
1: Perfect. Um, but yeah, the way that you play three safeties is just a lot different than the way that you play three corners and what that third safety can do defines a lot of your options. The Patriots played a lot of three safety, but they didn't really have the versatility with the third safety that they would like. I mean, they had Eric Rowe, Um, They had Jabril Peppers and they can provide a little bit of that given their athletic profile, but neither of them are actually good at man coverage. They just have the physical skill set to be okay at man coverage. But when you've got somebody like Metellus who did not play man coverage in college at all, it's very weird, but who has shown his, you know, his ability to do that against the Vikings offense in practice, against the 49ers offense in practice. I don't know if the Cardinals offense counts against the Titans offense in practice. You know, I, I think that um given the versatility and the variety of players that he's gone up against, in man coverage where he's played fairly well, that's you know a little bit more that you can deploy with that safety look that I don't think that you're getting out of Lewis Scene. I think Scene replaces like Harrison Smith, right? Cam where, Bynum, yep. Okay. Yeah, or Cam Bynum. Yeah.
3: I yeah. I mean, and you know what that's called with Josh Metellus? Not playing that in college and now playing it now, it's growth. And that's what we got to see out of scene. Wow. You're going to enter the growth zone. Nice job. And I'm like a scene uh, apologizer. So, like, for me to say that. It's just I, uh, I have a lot of faith in Metallica.
0: So, something we did last year, something we're going to continue to do this year is kind of keep track of uh, our predictions this week. But before we get to predictions, I did have trivia questions lined up in case this worked and, and so whatnot.
1: It just dropped. You were like, I'm not about it. No, no, you... you.
2: I'm, I'm just going to take a quick nap during this segment.
1: So. No,
0: no. The, the, the reason... And we're going to continue to do this each week, by the way. Head drops even I asked, further. <laughs> I was just like, I have quit CTP. <laughs> <laughs> um, I asked ChatGPT to give oh. me the trivia questions. And so this is where I really want your guys' help.
1: So I wrote about how AI is going to replace sports writing over a You only get Island. one plug a game. <laughs>
0: All right, so, Ar- I, like, yes. so, so I have 10 questions. Oh, my God. It Trust me, so many. some of them are just, it's fine. So I are know. the
1: answers also provided by Chad? Yes. G? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. So yep. we, we have to guess what the machine thinks is the right answer. Correct. Really. Oh, this well, is what Well, amazing. we told the machine. Yep. To, I've, I've to, completely to. come back around. This is an amazing bit.
0: So, <laughs> which, which, by the way.
1: This I,
2: is the
0: only reason Reeves going to come back. I know. <laughs> which, by the don't steal this. This is a Vikings way. Happy Hour original
1: I don't, think, I don't think you understand like how football party works. I show up game day. I don't see the practice plan. Sam does. That's what I do here. Practice? Yeah. Dude, You're I, talking about practice? I, I yeah. watched your guys'
0: show for the matchups the other day, and it looks like you and Luke both just rolled out of bed. Yeah. because they probably, Which the is hair. crazy
1: because I don't have bed hair. It's impossible, <laughs> and I still look like I rolled out of bed. got bed yeah. beard. Yeah. beard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go. I didn't check to see whether or not some of these answers were correct, but yeah, just, that's the beauty of just it. Just based on it, I can kind of get a good feel for it. Question number one. When did the Minnesota Vikings and Tampa Bay Buccaneers first face each other in an NFL game? I don't know,
1: 1971? One? Yeah, oh.
3: 1972.
0: Three. 73. First meeting, according to ChatGPT, November 3rd, 1979. Oh, 79? But that could when, be wrong.
1: When were the Bucs founded?
0: Ryan, I need you to be looking yeah, these, yeah, the guys, actual answer on, up man. on the other come side. On.
1: Do yeah, something. You got to double check chat GPT.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, you got
3: to. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I won't <laughs> take the role of just dropping my head after every time
1: Matt says something. <laughs> yeah. Miles yeah, we, has, we, all, we all have a part to play. Yeah. I don't know what you're
3: doing. Miles,
0: Miles has the easiest role in this group. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. All right. The second He's question. He's
3: talent. That's why. He's the talent. <laughs> that is. Yeah.
0: Protect him at all costs. <laughs> the second one, which I actually do know. Um, which team holds the record for the most wins in their head-to-head matchup?
1: With, with the Vikings. Vikings between and Bucks. The, oh, this is oh, just the between Bucks.
0: the Bucks. Yeah, it's the Bucks. It's not the Bucks. It's the Vikings, thirty-three
3: to twenty-three. Vikings obviously was the answer. To it.
1: Well, look. If they haven't played since nineteen, 19- if the, they but started bu- playing in nineteen seventy nine, been like bad. Yeah, well, and the Bucks were, were the almost, worst in the early seventies, so they, if they, they did, didn't actually play. Well, they were both nineteen seventy nine. NFC Central, and the Bucks won the NFC Central much more yeah. than the than the Vikings yeah. did. I um, hated Mike Allstott.
3: But yeah. the Bucks are have been like bad most
1: of their lives. I'm
0: telling you right now. I've looked like it up. Bad. The Vikings are in the lead oh. with thirty three well, yeah, I mean, wins. No,
1: I'm not. I'm not saying that you're wrong.
0: Areth, I'm telling you. You're saying
1: Chat GPT. Chat GPT cannot be wrong. Yeah,
0: Oh, trust me. They're
1: wrong. Yeah, we're Just still, wait. Are you still looking up the. You're not looking it up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm an idiot, but yes,
2: I am trying. The Vikings might not even have even posted it because sometimes they do that stuff on their yeah. site. All okay. right. Just
1: go to Proof of All Reference.
2: You guys know what that is. Okay. All
0: right. When you find it, let me know. Question number three. This one's also true. Who is the all time leading passer in games between the Vikings and the Buccaneers? Brad Johnson. Between them,
1: so in in games where the Vikings played and the Buccaneers played, yes, the like all time leading passer. Oh, yeah,
2: I was gonna say Brad Johnson because he played for both
1: teams. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, yeah. but yes, that would make logical. But that, sense. that would qualify though, right? Yeah, like it's not I, yeah, it's not the highest individual passing game performance in a single game between the two. It's cumulative passing yards yes. in those games. Yep. Okay, so Brad Johnson actually. Yeah, that's why I
2: said Brad Johnson. Yeah, that's good. Um, I hated Brad Johnson too, by the way.
0: Oh. And let me get preface. Like
2: white bread to me like that dude seems so boring, <laughs> God, uh, hey, but he has cool like, oh, no, TikTok I know, videos.
0: I know. I'm not, let me I'm not preface. I have him no now. idea if this is correct
1: or not. We know that. Yeah, OK. Um,
0: and if you're in the chat, by the way, put it in there. If you...
1: let's, do, uh, let's do Dante. What? This says it's Brett Farr. Uh, Okay. Yeah, that's I no. okay. I have that's no idea wrong. if this is correct, but yeah. Okay. So
3: Brett's <laughs> played the pe- the Bucks like what once as a Viking. Yeah. <laughs> and Chad BG- GBT is wrong. They played in '77.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> so
3: the Viking or so the we Vikings won we nine. Wrong. Vikings one nine three. So the, uh, the Chad G B T is
0: one for three. By I don't the way. Have time to be alive. All right. Question four. This is this is one of my favorite ones which famous Buccaneers linebacker played for the Vikings later in his career? Barrett Root. Any, any thoughts? No idea. Derek Brooks. Did he really? He did not play for the Vikings. <laughs> Derek Brooks played for the Buccaneers, then joined the Vikings in 2009.
1: 2009? <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to join that Bowl. wonderful season. Yeah, yeah, chasing the it. Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah
0: Again, like we would have all forgot. If, Derek you're, Brooks. if you're listening to this, <laughs> Chat GPT knows nothing. They are incorrect. Duh. Derek Brooks never played for the Minnesota Vikings. Not even like a, a
1: preseason
0: cut. He wishes.
1: Yeah, not, he, yeah, I think he's fine. Uh, turns out Barrett Rood did not either.
0: This is... This oh, is, well. This, <laughs> this is one of my favorite questions. In what Super Bowl did the Buccaneers defeat the Oakland Raiders which some former Vikings played on the roster.
1: 2002. What, I like don't... Rich Gannon? Yeah.
2: yeah um, I don't remember the... It's, it's oh, 2002. I know, oh I know, I know oh, the year. oh two. It was season. the
1: 03 Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't
2: remember the like what the Super Bowl number was, I, I,
0: but... I take no shame in saying this. I I don't know how to read Roman numerals. Jesus Christ. But uh, Arif probably does.
3: Uh, that's 37.
0: Why are you saying Arif probably
3: does? Because he's the smartest of the group. Hmm. Rough. Well, maybe most well-read. Yeah. <laughs>
1: How does that help you? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> How does that help you?
0: <laughs> All right. I think, they, I think they start to get some of their footing back here. Wow.
3: <laughs> their, their reputation back. Because they have one correct answer. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah.
0: Which Vikings running back had a memorable game against the Buccaneers in 2012, rushing for G- 200?
1: GPT got it right It was Super Bowl 37.
0: Ooh, so they're two Adrian,
1: of f- – Adrian Peterson, by the way. Yeah, cool. Chester Taylor.
0: Two of five.
1: I don't, I don't know what the question is. Doug Martin?
0: <laughs> Which Vikings running back?
1: Hey, Chad GPT. <laughs> we're, we're done? No, it's, it's <laughs> Dude, Matt,
0: we know the answer. <laughs> All right. this right. I've said this is my favorite like three times, but this is one of my favorite answers. What was the score of the most recent game between the Vikings and Buccaneers before my knowledge cutoff date in September, <laughs> September 2021?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> it was only 23 to 13 or something like that. Didn't the Bucks beat the Vikings like 23 13? They did.
0: It was yeah, it was 23-6. Six. six. Oh, oh um, brutal. Jesus. But
1: speaking of, was that a that wasn't a Duck Martin game, right? No, no,
0: no, no. no, too late. no. It yeah, was 2020. Tom Brady. Tom
1: Brady. Oh, okay.
0: Uh, but here's the answer chat BT chat GPT gave. I don't have access to real time data, so I can't provide the score for the most recent <laughs> game. You should check the a current sports sports news source for that information.
2: Because they're not using
1: those <laughs> news. Sources. That's incredible. Question number eight. So, so you asked what would in the most recent before your knowledge? So, you included in the question before September 2021, and they were like, "Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any data, but from after just September said, 2021, I, just so I can't answer your 10 question.
0: questions." Right. Which which Buccaneers quarterback
3: led the they team? They
1: provided the question and couldn't provide the answer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's beautiful. They said the answer not the point. Dude, hey, hey,
3: they're taking they're taking you over though.
1: This is yeah. We're done for
0: which Buccaneers quarterback led the team to its first Super Bowl win in the 2002 season.
1: Trent Dilfer. Was Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson.
2: <laughs>
0: Brad Johnson. They did get that one. Correct.
2: I was hoping that oh, would, that would have been that would have been great. Yeah.
0: Doug Williams. <laughs> I almost said Doug Williams. <laughs> the last two Josh questions. <laughs> the last two questions are golden. Which Vikings wide receiver was known for his mossing plays and had a significant impact? Bobby
1: Wade. Gotta go Andre Allison. Mike Jenkins. That's Randy Moss. And they got that one right. They did get that one right. (laughs) Someone's been watching Dorktown.
0: Question number 10. What is the name of the trophy awarded to the winner of the Vikings versus Buccaneers matchup? The Floyd or Rosedale?
2: The Brown Jug. Wrote the what the shit? What is that? The, what's the Wisconsin one? Uh, the the slab axe. of bacon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, or the well, axe? Well, b- both of
1: them are the rivalry yeah,
2: trophy. Yeah. Oh, are they really? Yeah, I, yeah. I nothing. The, I had no idea the, about a
1: bacon. Because the slab of bacon was lost, which they eventually ended up finding. Wisconsin stole it. They ended up finding it, but in the meantime, while it was lost, they decided to go with the axe. Oh, the, axe cool.
2: the axe is pretty cool. Axe is pretty
1: cool.
0: Well the answer to this question is there is no specific trophy associated with this matchup, no it's not a traditional rivalry.
1: Thanks, Jack, GBT. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And they furnished your- the question and the answer. Huh? Yes. That's amazing.
0: They were they were fantastic in that. Uh, How much did you pay for that? It's free, man. It's free. Thanks There's no way it better be. That content is free. <laughs> it is, man. We don't charge for this.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's part for of Miles' a, point for a good reason. <laughs>
0: I'll end that Patreon subscription right now. (laughs) Stop (laughs) laughing, Ari. All right. Let's do some predictions and close out the show. Doug
1: Williams throws for 300 yards. You might lose that bet. Did he
2: ever throw for
3: 300?
1: Uh,
3: Probably not. Ask Chad GPT. They might know. Yeah. Super Bowl winner, though. Uh,
0: The Vikings play the Buccaneers noon on Sunday. Um, They are favored by six points, and the over-under is 45 and a half. I'm taking the under. Okay. The under, and are you taking the Vikings?
2: I said on score, I said 28-24 Vikings. It's got to be a one score. That's I, I know.
1: It has to be a one that's, score. So that's the over. the over. That is, I'm okay, over okay, now. Okay. But like He's I, hedging his back. I do not believe in Baker Mayfield. Um, Bad choice. Sorry. And...
3: But it's got to be one they have. Hey, you also didn't believe in Brian Massimo. That's fine. Uh, that's
1: true. And he still hasn't I mean, done anything Yeah, yet? we can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, he had a fumble a recovery, He, he had alone. a fumble we recovery not, that led we to. <laughs> we were at that game. We were at that game. And the Buccaneers uh, cut Tyler Johnson. Uh, so uh, Two years ago now? <laughs> or a year and a half it's ago? It's been a little bit. Yeah. Um, so they, they've fallen mm-hmm. out of favor. Vikings um, legend. Vikings <laughs> legend Tyler Johnson. Uh, they wish. So I'm I'm gonna go uh 24 14 Vikings, okay. I think they covered.
3: I think it's a shootout, baby. Baker's gonna sling shootout. Baker's shootout. gonna sling it all over that field. It's gonna be a 35-28
1: win. Like, who's their third receiver? Is it, is it like well, Russell like, Gates? Well, Russell no, no, Gates no, is third. You and I are.
3: So it's uh, like, it's, I think Trey Palmer, Palmer yeah. rookie. Six, actually, sixth round pick. Yeah, yeah, Nebraska, I yeah. believe. He you know. looked
2: good. He looked good at the Senior Bowl.
3: Um, and he looked good. He also like it. a good undrafted yeah. guy. They have somebody
2: else, too. I can't remember the name. I'll tell my head. But either
3: way, I think it's 35-28. They uh, have two tight ends. Yeah, Rakeem Jarrett. That yeah. dude is oh, good. Yeah, oh, he's, he's Maryland.
1: Gonna, yeah, he's going to do exactly like what Kalief Raymond did to the Vikings, man. He's like, <laughs> two plays, 40 yards, that's it. Two touchdowns. <laughs> I think K-Dotten, in
2: typical you mean you're not scared of like K dotten and Bo what's Bo Keith is that his name? Bo Keith, baby, that's right.
0: Bo Keith, Gophers legend. I think in typical Vikings fashion, they just kick the shit out of the Bucks in Week One, and then they go get embarrassed on Thursday Night Football against the Eagles.
3: Yeah, that's what well, we did, right, Well, But actually, we also didn't do that at all. I feel like this year, is gonna so. be a season
0: where
2: that's reversed. Well, they're I mean, gonna they, get they're gonna get beat by the Bucks, but then they're gonna beat the the Eagles, and we're gonna be like, oh my god, this team this team, team is, is real. This team is real, and then and, gonna and get-
1: then it turns out the Eagles are actually bad. Yeah. Or like the Eagles just right. like had
2: the stomach flu and you know.
0: yeah
1: short week you know
2: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> all right so I think we got some votes in here for what's gonna happen I'll figure it out later but uh, we, we got we
3: got we got all four Vikings I mean, wins it'll be it'll be a it'll, be, think, a, think, it'll be a one score game like I think I picked the over you picked the uh, under you picked I, the under I, um, I technically picked the yeah, yeah, you, you didn't did, say I didn't it. give
0: it. a score yeah. I'll leave it at that cool um,
3: the match doesn't have
0: to give the
2: score just like they win yeah
0: keep it simple they win by a lot um well reef thank you for for coming tonight i know this is only your first beer so we'll make sure to get you another one if you don't have to leave i do not perfect um for everybody in the chat thank you so much for joining us uh i'm sorry the first portion of this was a disaster i'll try to get it fixed uh, next I mean, time was, but I'm i don't sorry great.
1: that the second portion was also a disaster debatable <laughs> i mean as far <laughs> involves, so it's probably a disaster yes. <laughs> um
0: but yeah be sure to like and subscribe to the youtube channel to anywhere you get your podcast um Go subscribe to a reef's uh substack, which is
1: uh wide left, which is wide left
0: which will be in the description below for the YouTube and the podcast. So go check that out as well. The Vikings take on the Bucks this Sunday at noon. Go root them on and then join here at Climb in the Pocket where Flip Mozzie and Jason Brown will be hosting Vikings' final score. We are back this season for those two with raw cut emotion. Post a hopefully Vikings win, uh, but until next time, everybody, hold on, I gotta get it queued up. Let's go, Vikings. Things are going so great tonight.